you're outraged about this tea story, uh, the feedback rolling in. Uh, Wallace, who do you think pays for the table? Who do you think pays for the chair waiters cleaning the table before you arrive, Wallace Chapman? The rent of the premises, you. the lighting, the kettle to boil the water, and not to mention the cup and breakages, all that has got to be worth $3, surely. Uh, another one here. It's about a bum on a seat. It's about atmosphere, staff wages, ambience. If you are a busy place, what if someone sits in that chair for an hour and only spends five dollars? Absolutely. Fair point. Uh, another one here: the cost of cafe tea. I agree, Wallace. It's ludicrous. Barista coffee that takes time, that takes skill, and a lot more milk. Tea, boiling water, and milk doesn't cut it. Interesting. Two one zero one. The panel. Well, stop the surcharge swindle. So says Consumer NZ. A law was introduced in twenty twenty two to lower transaction fees, but the consumer advocate is worried those savings aren't always being passed on to shoppers. If you're out grabbing Christmas presents this Christmas, look out for excessive charges on credit and contactless. Payments to discuss. We have Jessica Walker, uh, journalist from Consumer NZ. Kia ora, Jessica. Hi there. How are you doing? Very well. I was actually quite well. Not that I was surprised, but I knew we had surcharges. But what I did not know is that the surcharges actually were above and beyond what they normally should be. Sometimes, yes, Sometimes. that's right. Yeah, yes, but it's not all the time. So the way it works is a business, a retailer, is supposed to cover the cost that they incur by providing a particular service. So that means when you're paying on a debit card and you're, you're making a pay wave transaction, then that usually costs the business about 0.7%. So they can cover that cost. They'd be looking at anywhere which about 1% would be reasonable. But when it comes to credit card payments, whether that's... Um, a pay wave or you are um, actually paying, you know, inserting, then you, you'll you be paying a higher surcharge. That could be anything up to about 2.5% we think is reasonable. But earlier this year, we asked people to share examples of high surcharges. And we got some shockers in, you know, sometimes up to 8 10%. And, um, you know, we, don't, we just don't really think that's fair because the business should not be charging more than it's costing them. But the problem is we don't know what it's costing the business. So... It's a great area for sure. Right, so normally the, the, the cost of business is around 0.7%, average around 2.5%, some outliers uh, up to 8%, maybe even 10%. Uh, Ali Jones. I'm a little bit lost. So 0.7% is what it costs the business or, or it should cost the business to cover it. But that relates, what, just to the pay wave? Or what was the difference between the pay wave and the insert? So there's so many different fees, and that's why that's why there's no number put on this because, uh-huh. because it varies from provider to provider. But the, the Commerce Commission's information says many service providers, so that's not all, would be would be charged about 0.7 percent for contactless debit card transactions. But so then that's when you're throwing, yes, yes, but only on yeah. debit card. But when you when you're using a credit card and not a debit card, then it can be higher still. So why? then you're looking at, at around. Uh, hmm. That's a very good question. Credit card fees are always higher. So when you're paying with a debit card, if you're inserting or swiping or an FPOS card, then you should never have any fees. And that bit I get, but what I don't yeah. understand is why you would go from 0.7% to 2.5% when you're already paying additional for using the credit card because you're using someone else's funds. That's what the interest on the credit card is. Well, it's an add-on, yeah. isn't it? It's an add-on. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'd really like someone to explain why it would be different from 0.7% for a pay wave versus 2.5% for a credit card use. What's the difference? They're bits of plastic. Well, yeah, but that's what the, the banks or the, the merchants are charging the providers. So this is all the providers supposedly recovering their fees. I know, but what I'm mm. saying is they need to be questioned and called to account on it because, you, go, oh, yeah. you know, with respect, no. you can't go, yeah, well, OK, they're charging 2.5%, so we'll pay it. Well, it does seem to be, the that, that's is. the issue, isn't it? Because it does seem to be a fairly o- 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 opaque issue here. Let's, Michael, let's bring you in. Yeah, that, that, uh, it's, I've got the same question. It, 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 uh, I can't see anywhere evidence for why this technology costs this. Mm. We, what justifies, surely, I mean, there was an argument a while ago that all the money that was spent to develop the technology in the first place, the contactless technology itself, needed to be repaid in the same way that, you know, drugs cost a lot of money when they're inside patients, etc. I would have thought that's a very spurious argument to make Mm. now. So what is that? You know, somebody needs to prove to me that that transaction charge is reasonable from a... Uh, from the bank's collection point of view in the first instance. The one that worries me, because percentages I kind of get, if they could prove to me there was a valid reason for it, occasionally, not occasionally, but quite often, you see um, actually a set fee where they will say, actually, every transaction is going to cost you $2.50, regardless of whether you paid $5 for the item or $25 for the item. And that's the one that I think people need to be watching out for as well, because that can get you, you know, I've, some taxi companies will put $5 or $7 onto the yep. transaction of a if you're paying, it's quite significant, um, isn't it? And yeah, that's, just that's no tricky, reason. I think. There's, I mean, a couple of couple of examples mentioned. One was um, a five dollar surcharge, a six point two five percent on an eighty dollar dental bill. Yeah. Um, multiple complaints of three point five percent on event ticket surcharge, and indeed, uh, Jessica Walker, parking providers appear to be among the worst surcharging offenders, as I understand. Yes, so it's, it's just as you were talking about, really. So, you know, when you pay for parking, then there's this set fee for using your debit or credit card, and there's no other means of payment. You know, you can't swap coins in anymore. So you say you're only pay, paying to park for half an hour at $3, but there's a 60 cents flat fee for paying by your card, then that's the significant mm. percentage of the overall cost. So these are the kind of things that we, we really want people to be questioning. So whether that's complaining to the Commerce Commission or bringing it to our attention because we think that people really need to be aware of this and start questioning it. Jessica, do you think this is a, a, a money grab? You know, is this a money grab by some other reason? Or do they legitimately think that they should be passing these charges on? You know, is there, are, 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 do they, are they being cynical? Are those parking companies being genuinely cynical and saying we can get an extra percentage all the way along the line by charging this? Well, I think they would probably argue that it's the cost of them providing the service, so it's what would probably call a platform fee. But what we want is for this to just be transparent because yeah. it's so hard to know what right. you're paying for. Yes. And, you know, when you've got no what to pay by card, we think it seems really unfair. You know, you, you haven't got the option of paying cash, so you're going to be hit with this fee, whatever. And it just seems, especially when these percentages are getting up, you know, over two and a half percent, but it just it seems really unfair. So we just want people to be aware of it. Well, there's quite a bit of interest in this, uh, Jessica. So thank you for highlighting it here on the panel this afternoon. Thank you, uh, Jessica Walker. There from Consumer NZ. Yeah, charges. Gosh, um, quite a few uh, are coming through 
on that. But yeah, 8% percent for card payments it, on parking, gosh. I just find it such a puzzle. I just can't, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I don't complain about it, but I look at it every time and think, what is that, the see, justification the thing, for this? Michael, that's the thing. You have yeah, to complain, I know, right? I know. Every single time I've had a charge on my bank account for some reason, I don't know, they say you're late with your credit card payment and I was not late or whatever, and they charge you. I've gone back to them and argued it, and I think once in the last 25 years have I not got my money back. Mm. And I've, you know, and, it, and right. I, I don't say that to be a smart ass. I do think that people have got to be able to mm. stand up mm. and challenge these things, and boy, they'll back down. They will mm. back down because I've got nothing to, to stand on. Meanwhile, loving your feedback this afternoon regarding also what would be on your headstone if you have a headstone, should you, or when you die, someone says, he made great gravy. Oh. <gasps> Another oh, one. that's great. Isn't it lovely? Isn't yeah. it lovely? Oh, and gravy is so important. Another so. one yeah. which is perhaps not as lovely, but it's still, it's heartfelt. On my headstone, on the whole, I'd rather be in Hamilton. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Have you guys thought about your funerals? Have you thought about your funerals as much as your headstones? Yeah. I, yeah? I, no, well, I haven't thought about my funeral at all. Like, that's why oh. my, I, my, Michael shocked me when he asked, mm. would you like to be buried or cremated? I thought, wouldn't have a clue. I'm having a name the TV theme competition at my funeral. Are you? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to play music down. I, we used to do it at home at New Year's. It was great. We did it with the neighbours and stuff. So that's going to be part of mine. Okay, it's be a bit the, like a game show. What's this one then? Oh, Doctor Who. Oh, look at that. Well look done. Look at that. Yep. Stay, stay yep. listening. You've got a surprise, Ellie. Stay listening in 10 minutes' time. But I want to get to this. More than 35,000 people did some digging on their private property last year, and there were around 10,000 hits to underground cables. That's why, before you dig, a service that helps people locate cables is encouraging people to get the right information with safe Digging month. You heard that right. There is a month for it. Weirdly, this is something I have always thought about, but I did not know how to address because, well, I'll tell you why soon. With us is Phil Cornforth from Before You Dig. Kia ora, Phil. Greetings. Well, Greetings. you've really tapped into my zeitgeist here because I've got a feel of agapanthers that I want to get rid of, but we have all these signs going, don't dig here, don't dig there. It's a minefield at my house. Um, what what do we need to be reminded about uh, on uh, Safe Digging Month? Okay, essentially what we're reminding you about is um, probably the network of cables and pipes that are underneath your feet. Yeah. Um, so really, it's a bit of a bit of a spider's web down there. So um, you've got gas, um, you've got electricity, fibre optic, water, sewer, uh, and a whole host of other um, services that could could be under the ground. So. Those are really running up and down the street outside your property and uh, mm. running across and under your um, under your front lawn to your um, front door. Um, so really, it's all the essential services that it's bringing to your house. So there's a couple of those that are particularly high risk. Um, so that would be the likes of gas and electricity. Um, so for instance, if you hit a hit an electricity cable, um, if you hit a high voltage cable. Um, those are generally out in the street, but believe it or not, you can get a burn from that and the, the explosion that comes off that, um, that is actually hotter than the temperature of the sun when that happens. So that kind of gives yeah. you an idea of the uh, yeah, the um, real um, severe damage that those um, 
being something can can cause. Oh gosh, Ellie, Ellie Jones. Yeah, I look. I don't want to sound so rude and dismissive, but I don't need to know this. You know, it's it's not an awareness month a week that I need to be aware of. I um, do. Yeah, I, I know I, you I definitely do, need I, to know it. I know, and I understand your concern with the agapanthers. But, you know, we hear nothing about Breastfeeding Awareness Week or Homelessness Week or Gynecological Cancer Awareness Week. In fact, it was Grandparents Week uh, from the 27th of October to the 1st of November. Um, safe digging, not high on my list. But Okay, but, not but, high. But Michael, you, you jump in. The, hotter than the sun, um, uh, Ellie. Yeah, you, you, you lay yourself open to all kinds of risks. Oh, I, lived I, in, I lived in New Delhi for um, a number of years, and... And uh, people would routinely uh, dig wells in their gardens <laughs> in order to get water from the water table underneath Delhi. And uh, the authorities were terrified because uh, they knew that all it would take would be one more well in the wrong place and the polluted Yamuna River would just flow into the water table and destroy the water across the entire city. So they definitely needed a safe digging awareness week you know, um, in order to make well, sure they well, well, I mean, so Ali's not so convinced there, Phil, but the, the fact remains... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing it. I'm hearing no, it. And, and fair enough too. I mean, it, it, it was but, subtle, but I, I heard but, it. But, but, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> it, it, it all depends on if you do the digging or not. Well, yes, that's, well, that's what I was going to say. If you don't do the digging, then, look, you don't need to worry about it, but somebody around <laughs> you might might be doing the hit again. Yes, so your husband or your wife, uh, um, you know, yeah, your brother or sister. So you, you need to remind them as well. And but, look, I mean, we're we're a free service, so it doesn't cost you anything. Um, oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Anybody. So the utilities they pay, they pay us um, to get the message out there for for awareness, which is you know one of the things we're doing is it's safe digging month, um, and you use our service. You use our website, so that's before you dig. Um, all you do is just register a few details, your name, your address, whereabouts you're digging, what you're digging up. You draw on a map, and um, that kind of fires out the request to the different asset owners um, that might be in your dig site or around your dig site, and they will send you a host of information back. So there'll be maps and plans and, and safe digging information. Um, and it, in some cases, they might actually give you a phone call. They might need to come out and see you. Um, and as I say, all of that's free. Um, so they, they pay us to make sure that you stay safe when you're digging oh. or so that you, you don't damage their, um, their important asset. Their I, important I needed to know this because I will be doing digging and I don't want to get um, uh, electrocuted and I don't want a gas mains to be hit because uh, it could be devastating. Yeah, it could. I, I think we need to alert Ali's um, family um, to the fact <laughs> she that doesn't if, she, care. if she says to them, oh, no, just go and dig <laughs> wherever you want. She does not care. Um, she's... She's putting their lives yeah. at risk. Yep. Hey, um, Phil, kia ora. Um, all the best for Safe Digging Month. I reckon it's great. Um, good to have you on the panel. Okay, awesome. Okay. Um, Can we have someone on about Sausage Week? Sausage Week's coming up. Oh, no, is this? We're not going to have someone on Sausage Week. Like, why? Sausages are great. As a grandparent, too, of many well, grandchildren, yeah. but, uh, every week is Grandparent Week, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah. All right, the panel, RNZ National, I guess going back to uh, Ellie's uh, theme about the fact that she'd like to have famous TV themes uh, played at her funeral. Is this a contender for the most famous TV show of all time? I don't even need to say it, do I? It's so famous, Michael, I don't even need to say the name. Yeah, it is. It is. 
it's completely passed me by. I could not care less about Doctor Who. Or Mini Can. I do not believe I've well, ever what's, watched What's the with program. you guys these days? I, I, oh, I, I, I think Doctor that Who. this sits for me alongside Ali's view of digging, um, <laughs> safe digging month. I just. It, super duper, I think. I don't care at all. Well, oh, Doctor, Doctor Who is wonderful. Yeah, no, I don't believe I've ever watched a program all the way through. Okay, well, that is, that is why. I'm sorry. That is why we get experts on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it first aired in 1963, the yep. first Doctor Who was one, William Hartnell. You've never watched a single episode, but one who has is the Wellington-based Doctor Who superfan, Vernon McCarthy. Vernon, kia ora, welcome to the programme. Good afternoon, Wallace. Well, you care, Sorry, you, you care don't you? <laughs> I care. Oh, yes, I care a lot. <laughs> instead, in fact, instead of going out in Dunedin as a young man on Friday night, you would stay home and watch Doctor Who, wouldn't you? Oh, it was my whole life. I didn't do anything else apart, <laughs> apart from apart from when we went out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Vernon. So, Doctor Who, there's an exhibition coming to the capital next year. What is the enduring appeal of Doctor Who? Because when you stop and think about it, a person travelling through time in a phone booth sounds doomed <laughs> to fail. Yet here we are in the 21st century talking about it. I know, it's, it sounds like quite a mad idea, but I think, uh, no pun intended, I, I think it's quite a timeless formula <sighs> that they set on. I mean, you, you have this character that can, can travel anywhere, as you say, in space and time. So the setting for any of those adventures mm. and stories can be anywhere, really. So, I mean, that's, that's the stuff that childhood imaginations are made of. It's, it's so much fun. There's, there's no limit to what you could do. Mm. Um, which, yeah, which, which just means that every, every few years also you've got um, someone new playing that, that, the, the main and part of the And new companions, so, too. New companions, and new companions that companions. added to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How old were you? Who was the Doctor Who that you watched when yeah. you were a young person? Well, I'm a child of the 80s, so um, I was a fan Tom of uh, Tom Baker, who was, yeah. who was just at the start of the 80s, and then Peter yeah. Davison, who was who came after that. They were they were my favourites, and I think that's what everyone has. They they treasure the, the one oh, that they got into when they first looked at it. So that's, you know, there's a, well, a probably like a nostalgia David thing Tennant. in there as well. I think David He's Tennant. Great, goes, yeah. yeah, I didn't like Peter Davidson very much. Didn't like Jodie Whittaker. I quite like John Pertwee, um, but Tom Baker and, and David Tennant were the were the favourites. Listen think. to these great. two fans. These are ex- this is extraordinary. <laughs> I am, um, well, and yet of, no caring for digging. I just still <laughs> don't get it. Vernon, Vernon, back to you. One of one of the crazy things about that, you talk about David Tennant and this whole idea with this formula they've got of being able to change the Doctor. Uh, coming up now after da- uh, Jodie Whittaker, David mm. Tennant's coming back for a couple That's of right. stories. Uh, mm. I, yeah. What other show could, could do that, bring back someone for a little while? Um, <laughs> and then they leave again yeah. and then come back. Vern, crazy times. Vern, yeah. what, what are you, as a major fan, a long-time fan of Doctor Who, what are you hoping to take away from a Doctor Who exhibition? Oh look, I think that's just uh, fun to go and live a little bit of the childhood, see mm. see some of those uh, those monsters and things for real. I think seeing a life size Dalek that's got to be fun. I mean, probably a little bit ominous. Um, but if I was if I was seven years old again, I think I would be uh, just just thrilled and fascinated by by seeing those the Cybermen, all, all those those monsters from the series for real. That's that's you know that's your imagination come real in front of you, and I think that's what makes this sort of thing so much fun. Sounds extraordinary. Um, I have to admit, I, 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 I ran a publishing company that published um, the Doctor Who books, and actually, I did like it 
from a revenue perspective. So, so I, they sold. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> they sold? I wasn't necessarily a fan, but they sold a lot of copies. Hang on. So you were commissioning these documents, but you didn't read one. Oh, I, nobody would have expected me to read oh, them. I, I wasn't. I wasn't going to be the. I wasn't going to be the the bastion of choice here or the arbiter of taste. I was only going to count the revenue. Vernon, who did you like the most? As, who did you like the most as a sort of a nemesis that Doctor Who had? I know the Daleks is the long-standing one, but is there another sort of alien or character that you've really loved in the series? Mm. Yeah, I think the Master was always a great nemesis. So the Master was a, a Time Lord the same as the Doctor, so from the same planet. But the, the Master was, I guess, a bit like um, Moriarty is to Sherlock Holmes, you know, the, the opposite and the dark side, the evil, um, and al- always coming back for uh, another challenge and another head-to-head. Um, and that, that went on. The same idea, they've had different people play the Master now over the years, so they, they keep using that same idea, but it works. I could listen to you two for half an hour, I feel you, you two need to do a podcast. I, I think it has been half an hour, hasn't it? It feels like it. Favourite companion, Vernon? Favourite companion? Oh, fa- favourite companion. Now, that's, that's a hard one. So many, so many good ones. Uh, maybe Sarah Jane, just Sarah Jane Smith, who was one of the uh, yeah, Tom Baker companions. Yeah. She yeah. was, yeah, solid performance. A pleasure yep. to have you on, Vernon. Someone says here, simply exterminate, exterminate. Oh. And... <laughs> On that note, we'll leave you to it. That's Vernon McCarthy there. Oh, don't you love it, Ali? And someone says here, seriously, did you say Sausage Week? Bring it on. (laughs) 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 And on that note, I'm away for Teacher's Day. The wonderful Susanna Lautawa in for tomorrow. See you Monday. Checkpoint with Lisa Owen is next. A big thanks to Sally Ward, my producer, to Mike, to Ali. Kia ora to you both. See you Monday. See you Monday.